Amen. You let me grab a seat. If you need a, a paper bag to sit on, there's some up here by Ready Yet. Feel free to come grab one. I know some of you, I see some crazy creeks out there, Lucy and others, so great. Bring in your own, some blankets. So whatever you need. It's also, a, you know, a badge of honor to wear the soggy, the holy soggy bottom the rest of the day. So feel free to, to wear that with pride. Hey, so good to be together with you. So good. What a gift. I'm so glad we get to gather in this way. and so good to see you all this morning. What is God's will for my life? What does God want me to do? These are questions that I get asked often as a campus pastor, and I have often asked myself. I remember asking that question uh, really distinctly the first time when I was trying to figure out what college to go to. Maybe some of you have felt that before. huh? God, wh where should I go to school? And after a long process and all kinds of things, decided to go to Colorado School of Mines, this little engineering school in Golden, Colorado. And I went and I would tell people, I decided I'm going to Colorado School of Mines. And they'd say, what? And look at this weird look in their face. And I'd say, yeah, School of Mines. They said, like, you must be really smart. Like, School of Mines? Like, is it for only people with, like, big minds or something? No, not minds. Mines. Oh, okay. And others would come to me and say, have a weird look in their face and say, uh, isn't that a little boring? I mean, how long can you study, like, School of Mimes? Isn't that like a little, like, quiet, boring, just learning how to mime all day? Not mimes, mines. And finally said, okay, so you, you're going to learn how to be like, go pan for gold? Yes, that's what I'm going to do. <laughs> that's better than the other two. Not exactly, maybe engineering. But that was my story. And I, and I look back and I'm so grateful that I got to go there and God met me in that, in that place and that decision and uh, led me to Whitworth University, which I'm so grateful for in my family. What is God's will for my life? Well, this is a question I think our pastor today in 1 Peter speaks to, and we're going to get there, but let's back up for a second and think about a little bit the, the big picture of what we've seen so far in 1 Peter. Remember, 1 Peter began with this incredible declaration, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. This is where Peter begins, this living hope all founded in the mercy of God revealed in the life, death, resurrection of Jesus. God's mercy then is this theme that runs through the entire letter. We see God's mercy in Jesus, the ransom, who's ransomed for our sins, covering, with his, covering us with his blood. We see in his mercy how God is building us to be a people. Remember, a people of living stones built around that cornerstone. Jesus, as we're related to him and linked up with him, and aligned and united in him. In his mercy, God invites us to order all of our human relationships in ways that honor him. And out of his mercy, he says he'll meet us even if we have to suffer for doing good, like Steffi talked about last week. And now we get to our passage. 1 Peter chapter 4, verses, uh, start with verses 1 and 2. It says this, since, therefore, Christ suffered in the flesh, arm yourselves also with the same intention. For whoever has suffered in the flesh has finished with sin, so as to live for the rest of your earthly life no longer by human desires, whoa, but by the will of God. Therefore, as Christ suffered in the flesh, 
now Jesus, again, in his mercy, just come to us in his mercy. Guys, if you want to give me a handheld, I can just do that. It's no problem. Yeah, that would, might be better. Jesus comes to us and brings us his mercy and his suffering. And Peter says, okay, because of that, don't live like everyone else does, chasing human desires. He goes on to elaborate. Thank you. These human desires, these human desires are what everyone chases after. Want more of that? Get more of that? Our whole economy is built on this idea that we need more. And that's going to make us happy. He's saying, don't live that way, chasing after all these other things. Instead, live according to the will of God. What is God's will for me? Well, that's where the passage goes on. Verses 7 through 11. The end of all things is near. Therefore, be serious and discipline yourselves for the sake of your prayers. Above all, maintain constant love for one another, for love covers over a multitude of sins. Be hospitable to one another without complaining. Like good stewards of the manifold grace of God, serve one another with whatever gift each of you has received. Whoever speaks must do so as one speaking the very words of God. Whoever serves must do so with the strength that God supplies, so that God may be glorified in all things through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. In light of God's mercy, what is it that God calls us to do? That's what Peter tells us here. In light of God's mercy, what do we do? Well, he actually doesn't start there. He, he starts with one more reason to do it. He says, the end of all things is near. Not only is God merciful to us, as we see in Jesus, but God has promised and sealed the victory we know the end of the story. The end of the story is Jesus coming back and establishing his kingdom, because only he does that, and making everything right, and burning away all evil, and judging all evil, and making a new heaven, a new earth. That's where the end is going, and the end is coming. So we know this mercy of God. We know God has won the victory in Jesus. So now, what do we do? Well, Peter says, be serious and discipline yourselves. In contrast to the others who are just chasing after whatever they desire, don't let that run your life. Live differently. Peter says this lots of times. We're the family of God. Live differently. And he says to do that by being serious and discipline yourselves. But interestingly, why does he say to do that? What do you expect? Be, be serious, discipline yourselves so that you could be holy. So you could do the right thing. So you could live righteously, even be a witness. Those are all good things. But what did he say? Did you catch it? For the sake of your prayers. We are meant to be serious and disciplined. Yes, we're meant to get after it in the Christian life. We're meant to be serious about what it looks like to follow Jesus and obey him in our lives. It's meant to be serious. But the point isn't a show or proving. Instead, it's to link up with God. So we can pray. It's so we can stay in step with the Spirit and be a part of what God is doing. Be serious in this life, this Christian life, so we can draw near to God, the living, merciful God. And then he goes on from there. Okay, so then what does that look like? Well, above all things, dot, dot, dot. How would you fill in the blank? Above all things, this Christian life, what do you, should we do? 
Think of an answer in your head. Peter says, above all else, before all else, maintain constant love for one another. The thing he says, the very center, make sure you do this. Above, before all else, love one another. Love one another. Because love covers over a multitude of sins. So we've seen this in Jesus already, right? Remember, his blood ransomed us from our sins. Jesus' love covered over our sins first. He, remember, the righteous for the unrighteous to bring us to God. Jesus' love covers over our multitude of sins. And then because of his love covering over that multitude of sins, now we can let that love cover over a multitude of sins around us. We can forgive as the Lord has forgiven us. His love leads us in a love that also covers over sin towards others. Before all else, above all else, Jesus says, love. So think about a picture to help us see this. My son, uh, River, he's over here. Hey, River. Hey, River, man. <laughs> he said, hi to everyone. <laughs> River is really great at mechanical things, and he likes learning mechanical things. So as a dad, I've gotten to learn more about mechanical things. And one of the things we did a few years ago was we built this four-cylinder engine with all the things that happen in a four-cylinder engine, like in your car. And so we put this together, and I learned a ton about engines I didn't know about. And I learned that you have these, these cylinders, these pistons that go up and down, and that's where the, in these cylinders, the gas comes in with the air and the spark, or, and, and it lights and makes a little explosion and pushes the cylinder down, or pushes the piston down, I mean, and that turns the drive shaft. And that is how an engine works like this. It's just those pistons go up and down and spin this drive shaft. And then the drive shaft, which is, is really the point of this thing, because once it gets spinning, that's how everything in your car works. So everything that does anything in your car pretty much happens because the drive shaft is spinning. And the drive shaft, then if you like the fan, the cool off your car, well, that's the drive shaft because of some belts. Air conditioning, drive shaft. All the lights in your car, well, that's the drive shaft powering the alternator so you can have electricity. And of course, the wheels, like they have to turn somehow, power steering, it's all the drive shaft. This drive shaft gets in really fast because these pistons are going up and down. All right, there's your lesson in internal combustion engines for the day. You didn't expect that coming to chapel, did you? Well, here's the deal. God, in his great mercy, has given us new birth into a living hope in Jesus. Jesus is the motor. Jesus provides the power. He calls us together as the people of God, a new people, a holy people. He empowers us in that to live in love Jesus is the motor, the fuel, the power in this and for us in our Christian life. And he gets this drive shaft spinning. And then Peter tells us, this drive shaft, this thing that runs everything else, above all else, what? Can you say it? Above all else, love. Can you say it? Above all else, love. Love. Love is the drive shaft that Jesus initiates. He gets it rolling on his love and mercy and then we love. 
And everything else in the Christian life, above all else, everything else comes off of this love, this drive shaft that runs everything. It all has to come out of that love. Just like Stephanie was just praying in that 1 Corinthians 13, we can be resounding, say lots of great things, but we're resounding gong without love. Love has to drive it all. Love is the drive shaft of the Christian life. And so Peter goes on. Love overflows in action, in real action in our worlds. Like this, being hospitable to one another without grumbling. <laughs> that hard sometimes, the residence halls? <laughs> being hospitable to one another without grumbling. Serving one another with whatever gift God has given us. This love starts to overflow. I remember as, as an early, a young Christian, when I had just become a Christian in high school, I, I, I remember having people welcome me with hospitality into their worlds, into their life of faith, being invited into a, play, a community like this where I started to learn what it meant to follow Jesus. They offered hospitality to me without grumbling. I remember seeing on this campus people, and they did that because of love. I remember on this campus, one of my favorite ways I see people using their gifts in love is the Capernaum Talent Show every year. Capernaum is this beautiful ministry of young life that, that brings together Whitworth students as leaders and, and, and young people of various abilities, and they put on a talent show in Coles in the spring of each normal year. And we cheer on these amazing friends sharing their gifts with us in love as we live in this beauty of love together. Love is the drive shaft as people use their gifts in service to each other. Well, then Peter goes on and tells us how to use these gifts. Okay, if you all are doing this, this love, how do we do it? Well, we do it in God's way with God's power. In other words, our words and deeds are guided by God. It says we speak as one speaking the very words of God. We don't speak on our own when we have this drive shaft rolling. We speak as one speaking God's words. Do we know God's words enough to speak them? See, the love that Peter's talking about here, it's not just this abstract, uh, oh, yes, yeah, so let's all love each other and be happy. That's not Christian love. Christian love is rooted in the truth of the Jesus who is Lord. And his truth as Lord demands from us a life that actually is costly and different and surrenders to him and lives rightly. So ones who speak out of love speak words of God. Do we know God's word? Do we know the scripture well enough to speak as one speaking the words of God? And if not, how can we grow in knowing God's words more? So we speak as one's fueled by the words of God. And not only that, but we actually, we actually uh, serve with God's strength. God gives us strength. Jesus, the motor, is giving us strength not only to speak, but also to love. In word and deed, he strengthens us. His mercy is the beginning his words give us the fuel. He strengthens us to continue in love. And in the end, Peter says, so that. In the Bible, when you see a so that, you've got to pay attention. So that. This is the payoff. So that God may be glorified. Not us. Not we're so great. 
not our institutions, not our things, so that God may be glorified in all things through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever. That's where it's going. This mercy leads to God being glorified. In other words, as Jesus says, by this all people will know you are my disciples. By what? The way that you love one another. Our love points to the God who loved us first, who calls us in mercy to be his people as we reflect and live out his love in us. God's mercy drives us into lives of love for God's glory. God's mercy drives us into lives of love for his glory. So what is God's will for us? Strengthened and guided by God, God calls us to use our gifts to love others. Strengthened and guided by God, he invites us to use our God-given gifts to love others for his glory. That's what God's will is for us. Use our gifts he's given us to love others for his glory, empowered and strengthened by him and his mercy. And guess what? One of the cool things about this, and Peter points it out, is this is unique to each of us. Each one of us here and each one of us at Whitworth gets to do this differently. We're different people, given different gifts by God. We're different people who have been different situations in life. Some of us get to care for our roommates and use this, our gifts in that way. Some of you, it's leading a team Bible study. Some of you, it's sitting at Park Towers with a friend who needs someone just to chat with and build a friendship with Cristo. Some of you, it's working for criminal justice reform. Others of you, it's tutoring. Others of you, it's, trying to, it's caring for the vulnerable by serving in the military. Others of you, it's building a great business that blesses the community and leads to more flourishing in God's ways. It's being a son or a daughter, a brother, a sister, husband, wife, mother, father. It's not just one way, it's many ways. God's will for our life isn't just one thing we're looking for, one kind of secret code to find a way. God's will is to live this way. Living in such a way that, strengthened by God, we use our gifts to love others. Band, y'all come on up. So here are a couple tips. As you think about God's will for our life, number one, don't wait. The end of all things is near. Don't wait till you're done with college. Your vocation, your call doesn't start with your job. It starts right now. How can we today love others for God's glory with the gifts God's given us? It starts today, right now. And don't look for one simple calling. Live into all of them. All the ways God's invited us to live in this call. And there are a lot of them. God's mercy drives us into his love for others. God's mercy drives us into his love for others. May we then, strengthened by that God, love others using the gifts he's given us for his glory. Let's as we sing this last song, you notice, we'll sing in, part of the lyrics are in Spanish, and it says, que alegría es el motor, and not quite perfect translation, but the joy, the love of God is our motor. 
It's our impetus. Jesus is the motor that leads us to live into our calling. Let's stand and sing to that God and thank him for that motor.